This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or a cross of coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Are we on? Yeah. Is this thing on? <laughs> uh. <coughs> Welcome to the Grinded Podcast. Today we're going to finish up, uh, not Matthew, but Mark chapter 8. Yes. Um, I want to talk about something, inter- well, it's all interesting, but something that I, ha- I have more questions than answers today. Ooh. Yeah. Wait, aren't you the one supposed to be teaching us? Yeah, I'll, I'll try to I'll try to break down what I came up with oh. as an answer to the questions. Okay. And you can throw your two cents worth in. Okay. It's it's okay if we have questions. Mm-hmm. I think God's big enough for our questions. What do you think? I think so. Um, you want to start us off in prayer, as usual. Sure. And you're Thank gonna you. you're gonna read eight twenty two through twenty six okay. to get started. All right. Sorry for that interruption, Lord. <laughs> and that comes in the next chapter, by the way, in Mark chapter 9, mm. when Peter interrupts Jesus' transfiguration. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. See, I did that on purpose, just so I can introduce the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lord, that nothing surprises you, nothing catches you off guard, and you know the end from the beginning. Thank you that um, you know all the days for us they're written in your book before ever one of them came to be and so it doesn't surprise you when we come to you with questions <clears throat> it doesn't surprise you when we come to you and say oh, god help me in my unbelief but we ask you to open up our spiritual eyes today as as we read your word illuminate our understanding give us wisdom and direction and discernment because our desire is to know you better, to know you more intimately, so that we can be filled up and share you with the world. We ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So before Shelby reads our passage, I thought, why are you praying? So we believe that God, he can do anything, right? And when, I, when I mean do anything, I'm talking about like healings and things like that. And we pray for healings. We pray. Pray for people to be delivered from, you know, this addiction and, and this or that, or whatever. Anyway, just fill in the blank with whatever. And then when it doesn't happen, you hear a lot of people say, well, that person just didn't have enough faith. Mm. Now, I have issues with that. Amen. I do too. Because, the, you know, the Bible says, I believe it's in Romans, that God gives it. Paul, I know, I know it's one of, in one of Paul's letters where he talks about God gives us a measure of faith. Mm-hmm. A God kind, God kind of faith. Yeah, and and it's up to us to grow the faith. Faith comes by hearing him by the word of God. So, I know that we 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 grow our faith, but I also know dead people don't have faith. Correcto. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> and Jesus raises the dead. So, because you and I have been having this conversation ever since we started this prayer and fasting thing, this twenty-one days of prayer and fasting with with, with Authentic Church at three twenty-two Lindsay Street in Alcoa. If you'd like to come worship with us. Where Mary is the worship leader, and Shelby and I play on the worship team. Uh, it'd be cool if y'all come hang out with us on a Sunday at 10 a.m. 
322 Lindsay Street once again. Anytime you want to come join us, it'd be awesome. But <clears throat> where we do believe in healings, <laughs> and we do believe that God is, is on the move, mm-hmm. um, and we do have faith. Right. But no, seriously, <clears throat> people say that you hear people say that a lot. Well, that person just don't have faith. And the reason why I say that is because of what's about to happen in 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 this passage. Because like well, what I was going to say, I've been discussing with you for a little while now, you know, even this morning when Pastor James is saying, well, you sure are being quiet this morning. What's going on? I was like, I've got all these questions going through my head. i got these thoughts. And, um, um, you know, like, why, you know, when we do pray for somebody to be healed and it doesn't happen, why not? Jesus says you, if you have the faith of a grain of mustard seed, you know, you can move mountains. Mm-hmm. Well, I wish I could pray and the snow would be melted, but I could pray, I could pray for three days. And the snow's still going to be there. Well, it might be melted by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to miraculously melt the snow so I can go to work. Um, So, I don't even know. The reason why I'm saying all this is because up until this point, when Jesus heals somebody, they're instantly healed. There's no issues. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, even in the next chapter, we're going to see the disciples try to cast a demon out of some kid, and they can't do it. Um, spoiler. And so, the, yeah, spoiler. That's two spoilers for the next podcast. Uh, but there, there's there's lessons to, I, I, and I, I know why the, I know why all this stuff happens. It's because there's lessons to be learned, and we're going to see that here. I, I think I've got the lesson figured out. I, I, I hope I'm on the right track. And you, you, you know, if I'm not, you can steer me onto the right track. But a lot of people have issues with God. I mean, let's just be honest. A lot of people. This is one of the issues that people have with God. They, mm-hmm. you hear people say, "I prayed and I prayed and I prayed, and I don't see anything happening." Mm-hmm. And 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 they want to know why that is. Um, and what Shelby's fiction to read in Mark eight twenty two through twenty twenty six, we're going to see Jesus heal this blind man, but. When he touches him the first time, he didn't heal him. It's not completed. It's not completed. Mm-hmm. Up until the point, up until this point, it was always complete. And so Jesus is going to touch this man twice. And one of the questions I have, as I'm sure a lot of people have, is why. Hmm. That's what we're going to try to answer. Well, Lord, we ask you, and you said, if we ask, if we seek, if we knock. The, the the door would be open to us. I actually have three so, questions. I, when okay. Shelby reads it, I'll, I'll give the other two. Okay. All right, go ahead. They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, and his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And he sang the song. It said, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I'm just kidding. Okay, go ahead. Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. Yeah. All right, so some people... As we've seen this happen time and time again, some people bring this guy to Jesus to be healed, right? Like the the, the 
cot thing with the friends brought the man to Jesus and lowered him down. Th- they put a hole in the roof and lowered the guy down to Jesus. Um, so, so some people bring this guy to Jesus to be healed. And what does Jesus do? Something that makes no sense to me. He takes this man completely away from the crowd mm-hmm. and, and, and out of the village even and, and heals the guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know why did he do that. Second question I have is, why did Jesus spit in this guy's eyes? Because in today's time, and probably back then, spitting on somebody is just pretty offensive. Mm-hmm. You want to fight somebody that spits on you. <laughs> and why did Jesus do it this way? Why would he... You remember, wasn't it last time that he... Yeah, when he was healing the mute, the deaf mute guy, and he spit on his fingers and touched his tongue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, I, that, I was just looking back at that in Mark seven thirty three, And he spit and he touched the man's tongue, looked up to heaven with a deep sigh. Ephatha. But even that guy he brought, isn't that the guy that he took away from the crowd? Some people brought that guy to Jesus too, and, they, and he took the, that guy away from the crowd, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so he's doing something very similar here. Um, because he's spits in this guy's eyes so that's two questions and my third question is why was he not healed completely the first time mm-hmm. um no no we we talked a little bit about footnotes last time right <laughs> in our last podcast and just how obviously the footnotes are not the word of god they're Commentary. Someone's yeah, their commentary, their someone's interpretation, or expounding on uh, what just happened in the scriptures, right? But that being said, my footnote on this verse says, "Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes." The second laying on of hands is unique in Jesus's healing ministry. It may symbolize that the disciples' spiritual sight is gradually increasing. Then that he saw everything clearly after the, the second time, right? Giving sight to the blind was another indication that Jesus was doing what God had promised to do when he came to bring salvation. Okay, so I, I have not read your Bible commentary. Mm-hmm. And what was the first thing that he said about the disciples? The second laying on of hands is unique, and it may symbolize that... that that the disciples' spiritual sight is gradually increasing. Okay, that's basically where I'm going to go with my answer. Okay. And I didn't, I didn't Google anything. Or, or, I just came up with this on my own. But and then that's pretty much a good summation of it. But I, I won't take you on the the long way around the Cades Cove loop. <laughs> <laughs> That 16-mile trek, and we'll come around back to the beginning. We live in East Tennessee, y'all. Yeah. Okay, it's cool. All right. So here's what I I started off with. It cannot mean that Jesus could not get the job done or made a mistake. Right. Because God doesn't make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Everything, every decision God's make, whether we choose to agree with it or not, it's a righteous decision. It's right. Mm -hmm. Whatever that decision he makes. Which means we pray a lot 
and we may not think that we don't see an answer, but we are actually getting an answer. Sometimes the answer is no. It's not the answer we want. Or right? not right now. Yeah, or not right now. Or wait. Yeah. <clears throat> there has to be a lesson, right? There has to be a lesson in in this this um, situation with this blind man. And there has to be a reason why Jesus took this man away from the crowd. There has to be a reason why he took him outside the village to do this healing because he's going to take him back to the crowd mm-hmm. and the guy's healed. He just didn't let the people witness the healing. Right? And I'm... This is what I wrote. You just read your commentary. This is what I wrote in my notes. There has to be a lesson in this, and probably for his disciples, mm-hmm. since he has been trying to teach lesson after lesson to these guys. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, he's, he's training them for three years to take over because he knows he's going to be ascending back to the Father, sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he's going to send down his Holy Spirit, and they're going to take over, mm-hmm. right? And so here we go on our 16 mile journey around Case Cove Loop. You ready? Okay. And this is the lesson. I'm, I, this is what, this is my breakdown of this, n- not knowing that that's what that commentary said or anybody else's commentary. All right, so Matthew six twenty three and 24. Jesus says, your eyes like a lamp that provides light for your body, right? Mm-hmm. So what your eyes is what, see, if, you can't, if you're blind, mm-hmm. you can't see light. You see darkness. You can't see anything. And Shelby asked a good question before we started this. Was this guy born blind or did he gradually become blind? Because how did he know what trees look like? To say, when Jesus healed him, he says, I see trees walking around. So how do you mm-hmm. know what trees look like? So we don't know. But more than likely, it does kind of seem like that he could see at one point and he became blind. It happens to people, even today. <clears throat> but anyway, regardless, the man's blind. He can't see. The people had to lead him to Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. But Jesus says, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, right? Your whole body is filled with light. Your whole entire body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. Now, he, he could be talking physical there. If you're blind, you can't see. You see darkness. Mm-hmm. But he could be talking spiritually there. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the, 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 the little kid song we sing? Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Careful, little eyes, what you see. Why? Because the things that we look at it can be good for our souls, good for our spiritual man. It's a gate, right? Our eyes are a yeah. gateway, and we can we can feast on things that are good and feast on things that are not good for us. We're, we're all the time. We're either we're either feeding our flesh or we're feeding our spirit. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Which one are we feeding? That that's that's the thing. And whichever one we're feeding is the one that's growing. Mm-hmm. Which is why it's crucial that we be in the Word of God. Listen to podcasts. Listen to preachers. Mm-hmm. Listen to worship music. Listen to marygamboamusic.com <laughs> in your album. Listening to the Word. Yeah, listening to the Word. Exactly. Uh, you know, get in the Bible app and listen to it. That's what I'm saying. Wait, well, I'm going to say it in my sermon. You don't. You haven't heard my sermon yet, but... You know, people have six to ten copies of the Word of God in their homes, and, and it's just collecting dust. And we have, we can have it on our phones, and it reads to us. Mm-hmm. So we have no excuse. Mm-hmm. Which one we're feeding is the one that grows. And Jesus says, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. <clears throat> and if the light you think you have is actually darkness, 
how deep that darkness is. Whoa. All right, so here's Luke's version of what Jesus said in Matthew mm-hmm. 6. So Luke's version in Luke 11, 33 through 36, Jesus says, No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it would be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on the stand so that those who come in may see the light. Because that's what light does. Light exposes. Mm-hmm. You know, it lights up the darkness so you can see. You don't have to step on Lego and break your feet. Your eye is the lamp of your body. That's what he said in Matthew. Your eye, and this is Luke's version. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. Just like what he said in Matthew. But when, you are, but when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. How, how can light be darkness? Mm-hmm. Think about that. Therefore, if you're... She's got an idea. All right. Let me finish this verse. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when the lamp shines its light on you. All right, what, what you got, Shelby? And all your wisdom. I was just thinking First John, and it says in chapter 1, God is light in him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sins. It, it makes me think of what, especially that ver- those verses you just read, God is light, and in him there is no darkness. So, obviously... Our eyes should be focusing on, well, what did Jesus say in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, the basis for our podcast, you know, to keep your eyes fixed on him. Mm-hmm. And what did he say in John 8, 12? I'm the light of the world. Mm-hmm. So he's light. In him is no darkness because he's God, God in the flesh. And now he's God sitting at the right hand of the Father, right? So we should be reading and focusing our eyes on, on godly stuff. And what have you been saying lately? There's so many distractions mm-hmm. that's not godly. It's, this thing here is pulling from my time. This thing over here is pulling from my time. All this stuff that's not godly. Not saying there's anything wrong with it. You're not doing, you're not, I'm not saying you're doing simple stuff. I'm just What you were saying is just, there's just so many distractions. We got dogs to take care of. We got kids to take care of. We, we got eight inches of snow on the ground. And you know, and we're doing all this just, stuff. just busy stuff. Work. Stuff. Yeah, stuff. It's not ungodly. But it, it takes our focus off of God. It takes our attention off of God and, and puts it somewhere else. We're not really focusing on the light. Mm-hmm. Not saying there's anything. But there are people who use their cell phones for ungodly things. Mm-hmm. Porn. We're like what, what Pastor said Sunday. He said, some of y'all need to go through your music catalog and get rid of some stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't remember what else he meant. I just heard music because I know I listen to some ungodly music sometimes. I was like, ooh. Might have heard a little bit when he said that one. And I have deleted some songs since then, by the way. Off my, well, it's not an iPod, but my iPhone. Um, But you see see what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Like, there's things that that we allow in our lives that's not ungodly. It's not necessarily sinful or wrong, but it's it's not pointing us toward God. It's not doing anything for our spiritual lives whatsoever. But Jesus says there's some things that we allow in our light, in our eyes, that we think is light, but it's actually darkness. 
that's kind of scary to me. Mm -hmm. So anyway, you have any thoughts on that? I just, I, it brought me to the prayer in Ephesians 1. Um, Ephesians chapter 1, starting at verse 17. And this is something that I have learned to pray over the years. And um, I even kind of made reference to it in our in our opening prayer today. Just I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, the glorious Father, would may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Again, we're talking about eyes being opened, mm -hmm. light coming in, so that we can know something, right? So that we know who we are, we know who he is, we know uh, the power that we possess as his people. You know, that power that is the same as as the strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. Mm hmm you know, he wants to give light to our eyes, the eyes of our heart, so that we can know some things, so that we can perceive accurately. And so what is what is Jesus doing as he's, okay, he spit on the man's eyes, put his hands on him, said, do you see anything? So some light has been brought in because mm -hmm. the man can see. To a point. Obviously, he can see something, right? Because mm -hmm. he looked up and he said, I see people. They look like trees walking he around. He said, I see trees. Green. Help us, Jesus. It's an old song. Okay. <laughs> what a wonderful world. <laughs> <laughs> but once more, Jesus put his hands on the man, man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home, saying, Don't even go into the village. I think a lot of, it goes back to what Shelby just read. Was it First John you read? First John 1? Yeah. Going back to my sermon that I'm preparing for Revelation. Um, the devil... The devil always offers counterfeits. Mm -hmm. It's false. It looks good. It's a facade, right? Right. Because he doesn't produce anything. He can't create. All he can do is... Twist. Right. And what did he do with Jesus? He took truth and twisted it. What did he do with uh, Eve? He took a part of some truth, added to it, and then twisted it. Mm-hmm. And she fell for it. Jesus didn't fall for it because he's Jesus. Right. But it's easy, it, it's easier for us to fall for it. Yeah. So he can take things that make that looks like light, and it's false. It's mm -hmm. darkness. Mm -hmm. It leads people astray. Okay. Perfect example. What did, the Pharisees? The disciples are all excited about the Pharisees. They they're just like marveling at the Pharisees. But Jesus comes along and says. These, these guys, yeah, you can pay attention to their teaching, but don't do any, don't follow after the way they live. 
because yeah, they're we wear the yeast. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. And then he's he he even says those guys are converting people, making them twice the son of hell. They look like like they're fasting, they're praying, they're giving mm-hmm. gobs of money. There's a form of godliness, but denying his power. power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's some scary scripture right there. Which a lot of people still do today. Okay. We are releasing the sound Cause the lost generation to be found All you Grinded Podcast listeners, I know you enjoy some good music, but I want to tell you about some awesome music. Now, my friend, Mary Gamboa, she's also the worship leader at the church where I worship, called Authentic Church here in Alcoa, Tennessee. We'd love to invite you to come out and check us out sometime when you get a chance. Start at 10 a.m. And we're on Lindsay Street here in Alcoa. Mary has produced a new album called Jealous. And you can check that out anywhere music is being streamed. But you can also check it out at marygamboamusic.com. That's Mary G-A-M-B-O-A music.com. Go check that out. Alright, let me get back to this side. So the disciples, they've seen all kinds of miracles, right? They've even done miracles themselves when Jesus sent them out in pairs. They've seen with their eyes over 5,000 people fed with two fish and five loaves of bread. Mm-hmm. They freak out when they had to feed another crowd that we just talked about on the previous podcast of over 4,000 Gentiles. Yet they saw with their eyes Jesus provide food. Right. Again, well, I think it was seven loaves and a couple of fish. Mm-hmm. Then they see with their eyes and they hear with their ears. The Pharisees demand a miracle from Jesus to prove that he is the Messiah. And Jesus is always frustrated. These people are just looking for signs, right? <clears throat> and so as they're traveling in the boat to Bethsaida, Jesus tells them, beware of the leaven or beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Herod. So think about it. Think about this. It's obvious when bread has yeast in it, what happens? You can. Right. It's not flat anymore. Mm-hmm. The dough is the dough even begins to rise. If you ever made homemade bread, if you don't put the yeast in it, it just stays flat. When you put the yeast in, Paul talks about how the yeast, the leaven, leavens the whole lump. It just permeates. It just a little bit of le- oh, yeast, not least yeast. Mm-hmm. It'll permeate through that whole thing of dough, and then it affects it all, right? And then it, it rises. So. It's obvious when bread has leaven or it has yeast in it it, 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 it rises. It's not flat. When Jesus gave them this warning, they thought that he was scolding them, right? He, he, they, the disciples saw that Jesus was getting on to them for not bringing bread on the trip with them. And so he explains to them what he means. And listen to the very first thing he says to them. He says, why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't, don't you know or understand even yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes. Can't you see? I mean, he says you got eyes. You, you, you can see all the stuff around you. You've got eyes. Can't you see? You have ears. Can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all when I fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread? How many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterward? And they said, 12. One for each of us. <clears throat> well, how did they know they had 12 basketfuls? They had to count them. They had to count them. But in order to count them, they had to see them. Hmm. So they they have eyes. Jesus says, "Can't you see how many how many? I mean, here's something obvious that you can see. How many basketfuls did you have remaining? Twelve. Well, how'd you know you had twelve? Because we could see him. We could count him. All right. 
And he says, when I fed the 4,000 with seven loaves and many large baskets of leftovers, or how many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up? And they said seven. Well, how'd they know they had seven? Same thing. They could see it it, and they could count it. Um, And then he says in verse 21, don't you understand yet? So the first thing that Jesus asked them was, you have eyes. Can't you see? Then he said, "Can't you? You have ears. Can't you hear?" And now here he is. He's with the disciples, and they're watching Jesus heal this blind man. He, you know, he's carried him out of town. He's carried him outside of the village, and he's healing this guy. He's spitting on his hands. He's touching this guy's eyes. For and then he has to do it again, right? And he asked the man when he touches him the first time. He says, "Can you see anything now?" Which is very similar to what he just asked the disciples mm-hmm. right before this healing took place. Mm-hmm. Can you see anything now? You have eyes. Can you not see yet? He's been with them for a while. He's worked all kinds of miracles. Right. Including raising somebody from the dead. Right. And think about what he told John. Right. What he told John the Baptist. Or when, when John's disciples came and said, hey, are you the one? Mm-hmm. Right? Go back and tell John what? That the blind receive their sight. Go back and tell John that you're you're witnessing these miracles and the kingdom of God has come. Mm-hmm. Kingdom of heaven is here. You know, I mean, and he was telling John some very specific things about who he was as Messiah. Yeah. Things that they could see. Mm-hmm. It's obvious. And giving John a reassurance that, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm I am him. him. I am him. <laughs> I am he. And the disciples, although that they see Jesus do these miracles, they, they don't get it. They just don't understand for a long time. It's really not up until Acts chapter 2 when the Spirit falls on them do they finally get it. Because even in Acts chapter 1, they're still asking Jesus as he's about to ascend into heaven, are you going to restore the power back to Israel? Mm-hmm. To us Jews, we're we gonna get to kick these Romans' booties, All right? So Jesus asked the man already touched him the first time. He says, "Can you see anything now?" Which is very similar to what he just asked the disciples on the boat as they were coming over here. And the man replies, "I can see trees walking around because my eyes aren't clear yet. Mm-hmm. I can see something. It's not really people. I just see trees walking around. The eyes are what we see with." And they are the lamp to the soul, which is what you said when we first started, mm-hmm. right? They're the lamp to the soul. The disciples have seen so much from Jesus, yet they cannot see or at least see clearly. Because the rain hasn't gone. <laughs> or in our case, the snow. Yeah. If y'all don't know that song, then you have no idea what I'm talking about. Um. But the disciples have seen so much from Jesus, yet they, they, they don't get it. They don't understand. And much like this man that Jesus just touched, it's like they see trees walking around. They, they, they know enough to understand that he's the Messiah, but they don't know enough to get it. And we're going to see that in the next, here's the third teaser for the next podcast. Um, because uh, my mind just totally went blank when I said that. It has something, oh my goodness, never mind, because I just forgot it. I forgot the <laughs> teaser. It's something that, 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 oh, it's Jesus' transfiguration. Because the, Jesus has a conversation with Moses and Elijah, 
And the only thing that Peter, James, and John can talk about when they're together is what Jesus said about being raised from the dead. God, God speaks from heaven. They see Elijah and Moses having a conversation with Jesus. They can hear them talking, but yet they're fascinated with something that Jesus said, that he would be raised from the dead. So they don't, they don't get it. And Jesus has already told them, on, at least on a couple of occasions by now, that he's going to be betrayed, die, and be raised. So what you're saying is that when we have questions and when we don't get it, we're in good company. We're very good company. <laughs> <laughs> right? And this is people who walked with Jesus on a daily Come on. basis. Come on. Yeah. They lived with him. Yeah. I mean, we have a book. We have a beginning and an end. But we don't have a... We can't just sit down... We can't sit down and have a conversation with Jesus. Um, can't physically see him. Mm-hmm. Like they could. Right? But they... 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 They saw all this stuff. All these healings. Demons being cast out. Little girl raised from the dead, all this cool stuff, and, and they just don't get it. They, it's like they see, like this blind man, they see, they see enough to know, hey, he's the Messiah. Because Peter's fixing to tell Jesus, because Jesus is asking, well, who do the men say that I am? Mm-hmm. I'll get there and just say it. So, Jesus touches the man again, and he's completely healed. And to me, Jesus is saying to his disciples, I know y'all don't get it yet. But very soon you will. Which is, go, read your uh, commentary again, your little footnote, that what that guy said, or your commentary said about that. Um, regarding verse 25, once more Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. The second laying on of hands is unique in Jesus' healing ministry. It may symbolize that the disciples' spiritual sight is gradually increasing. See, that's, that's basically what I'm saying. Well, they've seen enough to know that he's the Messiah, but they don't get it. It's They see trees. And, it's, and then Jesus touches this blind man again, and he, and everything's fine. His healing is there. And, it, it, and it's just like Jesus is saying, I know you all see trees right now. I know you don't understand, but very soon you will because you're fixing to be... Because he's going to sit them down in John 14 and just flat out tell them, look, I'm about to die. It, my time has come. I'm about to send them back to my father. I got to go. But when I go, I'm going to send you this promise. This, this but paraclete. even some of those things were were not fully understood until Holy Spirit comes, right? Or until after he ascends. Mm-hmm. Um, and once Holy Spirit gives them revelation, gives wisdom, gives the insight, after he's dead and gone, they're like, oh, that's right. Didn't he tell us? Mm-hmm. You know, we've yeah. all had those moments. Eureka. Aha. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. And here's a fourth mention for the next podcast. The transfiguration. It was only Peter, James, and John that got to see that. Jesus says, don't, tell him, don't even tell the other disciples about what you've just seen. Mm-hmm. Keep it to yourselves. Until I've been raised from the dead. Mm-hmm. Then you could talk about it. Right. Some things just didn't make sense. Mm-mm. Thank you, Lord. Give us wisdom. Yep. So, if we put ourselves in their shoes, right, which is what I like to do when I'm reading the Bible, try to, anyway. We, we, even today, we have the same problems. Like I said a while ago, we know beginning to end, we know the whole story because 
Uh, I know how the story ends. Mm-hmm. Shane and Shane. Mm-hmm. I've already. Uh, what's it called? I've already won. You've already won. Mm-hmm. Um, but we still have questions, even mm-hmm. even though we have the whole story mm-hmm. in the Bible. These guys, they're living this stuff out. It's all brand new to them. They were just, they were fishing one day, and this guy comes along and says, Follow me, I'm going to make fishers of men. Okay. Guy sitting in his okay. tax collector booth collecting money from, you know, for the Romans, and Jesus says, Come along, follow me, I'll make, you know. Okay. <laughs> and they just leave everything behind. Where you know, are we going? I don't know. What are we doing? I don't, I don't know. know. I'm just follow this we guy. We know when we get there. I don't know. Yeah, kind of like Abraham. You know, Abraham, leave this land of Ur. Where am I going? I'll tell you when you get there. <laughs> just follow me. <laughs> but uh, like you just said, and what I just said, it's really not until it, Acts chapter two when they're filled with the Holy Spirit is it from that moment on it just completely changes their life. They get it. They're filled with boldness and they're willing to lay down their life. Because right before that, Peter's like, I don't know this man. I'll never deny you. I don't know this man. I don't know this man. I'm telling you, I don't. Beep, 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 beep. I don't know the man. You know, those some some swear words in there. But when he's filled with the Holy Spirit, he's before the Sanhedrin. He's getting beat. You know. So, all right. So this concept it makes sense with what Jesus is about to ask them in verses 27 through 30. You want to read that? Verse 27 through 30. Jesus and his disciples went on to the village around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, Who do people say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, You are the Messiah. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. All right. So, this is what I was saying a while ago. They, they, they don't see clearly. They kind of see... They don't see the big picture. They just see, you know, they've seen Jesus heal. They've seen Jesus do these miracles. They've heard Jesus teach. So they know enough to know, hey, there's something special about this guy. He's the Messiah. But they don't fully understand what's going on. But they they know enough, right? And that's what faith's all about. We don't have to fully understand. We don't have to have God all figured out because that ain't going to happen. Right. It ain't going to happen. Not on the side of eternity. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um. But yet, yeah, faith, faith says, I don't understand it, but I'm going to, here's another but I jump. Believe. Yeah. The, uh, here's a fifth mention for the next podcast. What the, just like the man, when the disciples couldn't cast out the, the demon out of the little boy and Jesus, the, the dad says, look, Jesus, you can do this. And Jesus says, what do you mean if I can do this? Right. And he says, well, I, I believe, but help my, unbelief. help my unbelief. I've got faith. But help my, the faithless part. You know, it, it's just like us today. You know, faith says I, I don't I don't get it. I see trees, but I I, I know who you are, and I'm going to trust you. I'm going I have your word. I have your promises, and I'm gonna, I'm going to cling on. I'm going to cling to those. We keep walking with God. We keep trusting with God, even though we don't understand. Mm-hmm. We walk by faith. Romans one seventeen, Galatians three eleven, and Hebrews ten thirty eight. And when we read um, the book of Hebrews, especially in chapter eleven, you see all these examples of people by faith, by faith, by faith. Mm-hmm. And we don't have time, but if you read seven through sixteen, it talks about Noah. You know, when it, it, they have never seen a raindrop before this time, 
and Noah's building this big old boat, and they're like, why are you building this boat? And Noah says, there's going to be a flood. God's sending a flood. And they're like, they don't even know what a flood is. They, they haven't even seen a raindrop. Right. The water's been coming from the ground and watering the earth. Mm-hmm. And then they think Noah's crazy until that first raindrop falls, and it's too late. Right? And then you have Abraham and Sarah. Sarah's, you're going to have a baby. I'm too old to have a baby. And what was Isaac's name? What does it mean? He laughs. He yeah. laughs. Yeah. Why, why did they name him Isaac? Because Sarah and Abraham Sarah both were laughing in the face of God. You didn't have no baby. You got too old. And so, they're, they're, I don't understand it, but by faith, you know, I'm going I to believe. keep. Well, I believe. So, Hebrews eleven six says, "Without faith, mm-hmm. it is what impossible." To please God. You gotta have faith. That's what George Michael said. Stop. <laughs> so Mark Mark ends chapter eight with Jesus telling them, Hey, you better be getting it because he's 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 gonna be betrayed, he's gonna die, he's gonna be resurrected. And this if you think about it, they they had old testament scriptures, they had prophecies or the mm-hmm. prophets, they had the Psalm, they had the Pentateuch, um the law, and all this was talked about in the Old Testament. Um, but if, but when you think about it, how well did they know their Bibles <laughs> that they had? Uh, probably not too well. Uh, read verses 31 through 38, Shevin, and then we'll finish up. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me in my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his father's glory with his holy angels. Okay. So Peter, Jesus is trying to explain him, this has got to happen. This is God's will. Y'all don't understand it yet. You'd see trees. You don't get the full picture. Jesus does. He knows what's going on, right? And so Peter, not understanding, takes Jesus aside and says, Look, man, this ain't gonna happen. That's opposition, which is what Satan means. That's right. when Jesus says, Get behind me, Satan. Well, the name Satan means opposition. So you're in other words. Jesus is not really slamming Peter here. He is, but he's not. He's, he's, he's saying, you're in opposition to God's will. This is God's will. It's going to happen. But we know that Peter's coming from a good place. He cares about Jesus. He don't want to see Jesus suffer. Um, but one of the biggest problems the disciples had and the Jews had and the religious leaders had was their misconception about the Messiah. Because mm-hmm. you know, they're thinking he's going to you know, deliver them from this Roman oppression. 
And I think that's where, where Peter's coming from, is from this misconception. Um, and when Jesus dies on the cross, and he's put in that tomb for three days, who struggled with it the most, would you say? Peter? Um, I mean, Thomas obviously was the one that doubted yeah, well, um, Thomas the got resurrection, left out. but... <laughs> Thomas got left out of the whole picture for eight days. Jesus made him wait eight days from yeah. that point. Yeah. Which is cruel. But um, but Peter's the one that denied Jesus three mm-hmm, times. Mm-hmm. And so now Jesus is dead and gone. He's buried. So Peter's having to wrestle with that. right? But, but again, the Holy Spirit hadn't come up on him yet. They don't fully understand. They see trees. They don't get the full picture. Mm-hmm. In John 21, 1 through 3, we'll end with this because of time. Um, it says, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And this, so he's resurrected. And in this way, he showed himself Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, James and John, and two others of his disciples were together. Now watch this. Simon Peter said to them, What? I'm going where? Going fishing? I'm going fishing. And we, we beat Peter. You know, black and blue over that. I'm going fishing. We give him a hard time. But why do you think Peter said, I'm going fishing? What do you, why do you think? What was his motive behind that? I mean, basically he was going back to what he knew. What exactly. he was familiar with. Exactly. We do the same thing. Mm-hmm. When, we don't un- when we have questions, when we don't understand something, we want time to think. And so what do we do? We go to something that we're comfortable with. Unfortunately, for a lot of people, that's drugs, alcohol, sex, you know, whatever. But for a lot of people, it's a hobby. It's our job. You know, we, we go somewhere that we're comfortable with, that we understand. And, and to try to wrap our heads around what's going on. And I think that's what Peter's doing. He says, I'm going back to something that I know. That I'm comfortable with, because I, I can't figure this out. Mm. Which perfectly goes along with everything that we've said today. Yeah, um, we'll never figure God out. At what David says in Psalm 139: "You're just way too big for me. Mm. I can't figure you out." And, and we can't. We just can't. We can't understand a spiritual being, God who created us. Who you know? We he knows no time, and that's all we know is time. We have a beginning and an end. He's always been that alone, right there. It's hard to wrap it's too, our minds yeah, it's around too hard too. to understand. Why does God choose to do some things and not choose to do some things? I don't know, but I know I can trust Him mm-hmm. because we have His promises, and they're yes and amen. And we know in the end, if we stay faithful, where we go. And it's to be with him for eternity. Mm-hmm. That's that's the whole key to it all. Yes, we have questions. The disciples had questions, and sometimes we just don't get the answers or the answers we're looking for. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, even though we see trees, hang on. We'll, we'll in the end we're going to know everything we need to know. Mm-hmm. We'll have the answers. Amen. We'll be sitting in heaven for eternity. We can ask all the questions we want. 
Why did, why did you do this? Why did you choose to do that? Why did you not do this? How is it like, Abraham, to leave your family behind and go to a place you didn't even know where you were going, but yet you trusted God to get you, know, you there? And I think those questions can preoccupy us on this side of heaven. You know, I heard my mom say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask so-and-so about this. You know, I'm going to ask so-and-so about that. And while on, on one level I can understand that mindset of like, I have questions, I want answers from somebody who was there or who, who now knows. However, I, don't think I, think, I think it's not going to matter. I think if we're even cognizant of those questions when we are in heaven, we're going to know as we are known. Mm-hmm. Then we're just going to look at God and go, oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> Holy! You know what I'm saying? Holy! That's what we're going to say. We're not going to be like, hey, I had this burning question in January of 2024. You know? <laughs> I don't think it's going to matter much at that point because we we will see him as he sees us now. He knows us completely and loves us regardless. Mm. You know, then I think we will see him and know him completely and um there won't be any, you know, regardless there won't there won't be any questions. It's true. So we'll end with this. If Jesus said, if any man follows, if you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me, which is, this is it. This is the bottom line. Mm-hmm. This is what he's trying to get the disciples to understand. He's talking to his disciples, but he's also talking to a crowd when he said mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. He says, you have to give up your life. You have to give up everything to follow me. You have to follow me, which means if you're following me, I'm going to a cross. Guess what? Mm-hmm. You got to do the same thing. You got to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Which means we die to ourselves and we put on Jesus and we do his will, which mm-hmm. his will is all about the kingdom. And if you think back, which is something the, the disciples would be familiar with, the Ten Commandments, the very first commandment is, You shall have no other gods before me. Mm-hmm. So God has always demanded first. Mm-hmm. First place. He says, I'm a. Jealous God. What's the name of your album? Jealous. Right. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and so the bottom line is, are we doing that? Is God first place in our lives? And the Shelby's already read where Jesus said, if you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, what do you, he's not saying go kill yourself. He's saying, no, you empty yourself. You, you put me first. You follow me but seek you first the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and his righteousness and all this other stuff is going to be added to you. So we have to be about, like Jesus said when he was 12 years old, I got to be about the father's business. Mm-hmm. Well, to know the father's business, you got to be in the word and you ain't going to know what God wants from you. All right. What's worth more than your soul? You gain the whole world, but lose your own soul. Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me, and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. I don't want Jesus to be ashamed of me. Amen. Amen. I may have questions, and I, and I can ask questions all day long. And the more I read God's Word, the more questions I have. 
Mm-hmm. It's okay to have questions. But what's not okay is to is to give up. Right. To lose our faith over the, you know, not having our questions answered the way we wanted. Mm-hmm. We don't have to have it all figured out. We just got to have faith. Well, I guess it would be nice. <laughs> oh, help us, Jesus. All right, I want you to pray and we'll, <laughs> we'll close her up. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for opening our eyes, opening our understanding. And help us daily to take up our cross and follow after you, to crucify the self and the flesh the appetites of this life and the things that can so easily distract and dissuade us. But help us to keep our eyes fixed on you, author and perfecter of our faith, so that we keep kingdom in in view, so that we keep eternity as the focal point, not what is temporary and passing away. Lord, give us wisdom to not only be hearers of this word, but to be doers of it and and to daily pick up our cross, deny ourselves, and follow after you. We ask for the grace to do that, Holy Spirit. You would have your way in us. And we ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Because you got to have faith, faith, faith. Yeah, I got to have faith. Keep running. Oh, sweet Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Grounded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grounded Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.